Here at Michigan Family Wellness, we believe chiropractic care and nutritional-based therapies are a foundational part of a healthy family lifestyle. No matter where you're at in the mitten, having a family is such an exciting time of life. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by stress, fatigue, and responsibilities with the kids, we invite you to become part of this empowering community to create happy, healthy families. By providing engaging interviews and practical applications, Dr. Wallner cultivates family health by equipping our listeners with the tools they need to elevate wellness in their own family. Dr. Wallner passionately serves the Michigan community at his chiropractic and nutrition-based practice, where he specializes in pregnancy, pediatrics, and family wellness care. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kyle Wallner. Good day, families, and welcome home. That's right, my name is Dr. Kyle, and this is the Empowering MFW Family, and we are so glad to be with you today. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to thank you for tuning in. The health of you and your family is your number one priority. It is your greatest asset. The best way to have a healthy family is by living a family wellness lifestyle. So if you're looking for efficient, effective, and sustainable ways to elevate your health and the health of your family, then I strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable because we have an amazing show for you today. Debbie's journey started years ago when her daughter was injured on the basketball court. A licensed massage therapist began rubbing oils on her daughter and telling her about the healing properties of each oil. What should have taken weeks to recover only took days. Debbie was so impressed at the speed of healing that she began her journey with extensive research and education so that she too could help others. After becoming certified to do body applications and Vitaflex technique known as Raindrop through care, Debbie continued her education by getting her aromatherapist certification through Aroma Hut. Debbie is also licensed under the National Therapies Certification Board. All right, families, let's jump into today's interview. Welcome, families, to the interview portion of today's podcast. My guest on the show today is Debbie Gordon. Welcome to the podcast, Debbie. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Again, Debbie, I just need to stop and marvel. I feel like I say this for the last few episodes now at the amazingness and the incredibleness of technology. I want to just thank you for reaching out to come be a guest on the Michigan Family Wellness and bring your unique perspective, your expertise to the women, the mothers, and the families listening so that they can benefit and get value from hearing your story as it relates to aromatherapy and the essential oils. That being said, we do have two questions that we always ask our guests here on the podcast. So real quick, Debbie, I just told our families a little bit about you as the professional, but one of the core values here on the podcast is family. Could you tell us a little bit more about you as the person and what does family look like for you? Oh, absolutely. I've been married for 35 years. It'll be 36 years uh, this this coming year. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, We have four children, uh, three boys and a girl, and I actually homeschooled my children. So I've been very blessed to stay with them and uh, from the time they were born till they graduated. That's awesome. That's that's really great. I do have a couple families that do homeschooling here in Michigan in the area, and I just I give you guys a lot of credit for what you're able to do. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So again, and then just the next thing that we always ask is, is there anything about Michigan that you're familiar with or that you love? One of our sayings here on the podcast is that we're smitten with the mitten, and I know you're <laughs> down there in Texas, but if there's any connection at all, go ahead and share that with us real quick. 
No, actually, I have never actually been to Michigan, and I would love to take a trip there. Well, likewise, I would love to go down and spend some more time in Texas. Usually, I'm flying through, whether it be Houston or Dallas or something like that. Well, that being said, Debbie, let's go ahead and dive into some depth here, because I really want the women, the mothers, and the families listening to get value from your, like I said, your experiences, your expertise, your unique perspective. So go ahead, tell us about your daughter and what happened all those years ago as it relates to essential oils. Oh, okay. Well, my journey started when my daughter was playing basketball. And you think that guys are rough in basketball, but I think girls are a little bit, uh, a little more rough. Yeah. And she was on the basketball court and a girl wanted to take her out and she came up from behind her and kneed her. And I saw all that from the stands and she kneed her and my daughter's knee, which definitely took her out. And uh, a, a massage therapist came over and began rubbing oils on her leg and said, this will, this oil will do this and this oil will do that. And I was just amazed. And I sat down next to my friend and I said, that lady's rubbing oils on my daughter. And she says, oh, good. Don't you know about those? And I said, no. So that started my journey. And I began to do a, a tremendous amount of research because I thought aromatherapy was candles. Mm-hmm. And I had plenty of candles. I didn't need any more. Yeah. But as I began to uh, research that and began to experiment, I knew I needed to learn more about just the amazing healing abilities of oils. Gotcha. So when you say oils, and again, I'm going to come at this from like a perspective, like let's say that I'm listening and I have no idea mm-hmm. what the essential oils are. So just kind of outline that for our listeners. Are we talking about, like when you say oils, are you talking about mm-hmm. avocado oil, olive oil? Are these just regular oils or like what are we talking about here? Right. Those types of oils are fatty oils. So right. the olive oils that are, are what we would call carrier oils. They have the protein still in them and they are not distilled. And a lot of those oils are cold pressed, which would, you know, are healthier for our bodies like, um, you know, olive oil. But essential oils are different. They are actually the plant parts, the leaves, the stems, the bark, the roots that are actually um, processed in different forms. Um, Mainly it's steam distilled, Mm -hmm. which means that um, only um, 500 AMUs, the atomic mass, is actually able to go through that distillation process into a pure oil, which is called essential oil, which is the component of the plant material that was distilled, and that's called an essential oil. Okay, yeah, so I'm kind of getting a a better understanding now that you've explained that. Again, just to kind of zoom out for our listeners, if I could try to classify these different kinds of oils, there's like olive oil, there's coconut oil, there's avocado, there's these oils that we can use like for cooking and for nutritional value or for caloric value. But then there's also oils, like you said, essential oils that are from plants, cold pressed, all those things that are distilled. And I would almost classify those in terms of medicine, like a medicinal value. So we have food or we have like caloric value and then we have medicinal value. Does that kind of make sense to you? Absolutely. Two different categories. And that's correct. Gotcha. Okay. So what you're saying is these oils, these essential oils, they actually have a therapeutic effect on the body. Can you talk about that? Yes, and so there's, and then when you get into essential oils, there are actually two categories of essential oils. You have what I would call the 
um, I call them the the donkey oils or the fragrant oils. And then let's say if we were going to do that in a category of horses. So you have donkeys and then you have zebras. So you have the the oils that that I call fragrant oils that you might would put into soaps, um, candles, and that sort of thing. They're fragrances, and that's what their purpose is, their distillation purpose when they are they are distilled. Then you have what I call body aromatherapy type oils, which are therapeutic oils that are non-toxic to the body. So those are what I call zebra oils because those oils are very expensive oils uh, and they're not as common. They're not uh, as many companies distill those types of oils for therapeutic purposes. But you do have the other oils that are very common that you will see in the grocery stores, that you will see in a lot of products uh, that are manufactured. Um, and those are very inexpensive oils, but they were never intended to be put on the body. So you bring up a great point here, Debbie, and I'm, I'm sure we could talk all day about, gosh, just this one issue. But So to give our listeners more mm-hmm. of a context or more of an understanding, in the same way that with my chiropractic clinic, with my chiropractic and nutritional office, you know, I'm only going to use the nutritional medicine or the supplements, the herbs, the vitamins, the minerals, omega-3 fish oils. I'm only going to use those products that have the highest standard of quality that you can't order off Amazon, that you can't walk into Walmart and purchase. You know, these companies, they only work with licensed doctors. So to give that, to use that as a framework or to use that as a baseline, what I hear you saying is you don't want to ingest or inhale or use dirty oils. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Because those oils, as you're saying, those essential oils, they are not processed for you yeah. to use on your children, um, to, to use on your body, to try to um, support your body systems at all. Uh, those particular essential oils that you see were manufactured, to, you know, that was their intent and their purpose was to produce an essential oil very quickly at a very high temperature, which, um, which kills the property of the um, plant. And then uh, it's not you. It's not our ba- our bodies are not able to use those, so it makes it a very toxic product. This is a fantastic point. Like I was saying, Debbie, and I just really want to drive this home for people. Like with anything else, like with most things, there is a spectrum. So, if if certain signals can be used for powerful signal signaling for healing, then you need to do them in that proper way. And likewise, you can distort all of that or you can use the opposite end of the spectrum and not get that full therapeutic effect. I mean, take food as an example. You're going to get a much better nutritional value from a piece of organic fruit that was well watered without any pesticides or herbicides or anything like that than you are from a piece of fruit or an apple that's been, you know, sprayed with Roundup and has all these chemicals on it. They're going to have two completely opposite effects. So I use this as an analogy to what you're saying. There are those oils, which I'm sure we can talk about. There are those oils that can have profound healing signals for aromatherapy, for therapeutic benefits for your body. And those are the ones that we want to talk about. Those are the ones that we want to talk about the benefits and the value of here today. We don't want people to think that they can just go out 
and get some cheap, dirty oils and start rubbing them on their feet and then say, hey, this doesn't work. I'm not feeling better, right? Absolutely. That is absolutely, yeah. you You hit that dead on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you go and tell us about um, the raindrop technique and kind of the whole Vitaflex thing that you do? Absolutely. So when you're wanting, so using an essential oil uh, on the body is, um, there are there are different techniques that can be used so that you can utilize that to help the body to heal. Just as you're doing uh, chiropractic work, um, you know that the spine is where healing begins. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So just in with that also using the technique which is called raindrop, which is a technique that includes Vitaflex. Vitaflex is uh, using the fingertips the pads of the fingers rolling up to the tips of the fingers and then dropping. And then that creates um, a very rapid motion, which creates a low voltage in the body, which helps to stimulate in those channels in our body. We have meridians or channels in the body for healing purposes. So there are over 5,000 Vitaflex points or, or reflex points of the body. And those areas can actually be used. Uh, we can actually do that little technique, Vitaflex, on those points to help healing, to bring about healing in those areas. And then when you add an essential oil on top of that, it just creates a synergy. I mean, it's like 10 to the 10th power when you're using an essential oil and a healing technique. Mm-hmm. For your body to to keep your body over that wellness line, which is what we're trying to do. So there's feathering and stimulation, and the more you stimulate those different areas on the feet and on the back, um, using an, a, a, your preferred essential oil, then that helps your body to uh, have a healing effect. Fantastic. You know, I just really appreciate all the value that you're sharing here. I really like the neurology behind the essential oils and, you know, what they have to offer for people. And yeah, I mean, just speaking personally, you know, getting vulnerable with our listenership here, the raindrop therapy has really helped my own mother. She's had tons of spinal problems, tons of back pain issues. I actually did some sessions of the raindrop therapy, the raindrop protocol directly onto her spine in conjunction with the chiropractic adjustments that we were doing. And I just can't say enough how much better she felt. I would say during that time, she felt the best when we were able to consistently do the raindrop therapy like every week. And I would say that's when her back would feel the best for sure. Oh, absolutely. And like I, and I would even add to that um, is even adding with the uh, chiropractic adjustments, having that done and then doing a raindrop on a different day, mm-hmm. actually su- the, the two actually support each other because mm-hmm. what you do, then the raindrops will go in, the, the oils and the, the technique, they will actually go in and help to support what you did. Yeah. I just want to cite something else for our listeners here, too. This is from the New England Journal of Medicine from 1998, so it's a little dated. But that having been said, they've done radiographs or they've done x-rays of actually people that have POTS disease or what's known as tuberculosis of the spine. And they've actually done treatments of raindrop therapy directly onto uh, the spinal segments where they have this infection of tuberculosis. And they can show before and after images on the improvement of that person's tuberculosis in their spine after receiving 
the raindrop therapy. So I just think this is a great, this is a conservative, this is a gentle technique, an alternative healing technique that can have such profound impact for healing. Oh, wow, that's incredible. That's yeah. an awesome study there. So I'm actually well, going to link to that in the show notes and have that as a resource for our listeners. Are you able to speak at all on like how these things work in terms of their mechanisms? Well, um, basically what I can say is um, how it does support. For instance, one of the oils that's used is oregano. Mm -hmm. So oregano supports your respiratory system, but the way um, oregano actually works, and I like visual pictures and helps people to remember, so it's like a window with a plant on the other side. If the window is um, full of dirt, the sun cannot get through, and the plant on the other side will wither or become very sickly. Our cells are like windows. So when you use oregano on the body, what it does, it is like Windex. And it goes in and it gives the cell a clean wipe. So then um, as you continue to use this, as you said, you do this on a regular basis, it will continue to cleanse that cell off so that nutrition can get to that cell and then heal that cell from, you know, so just like a window clean, being cleansed, you would be able to have sunshine come through and heal the plant. Well, that's the way that the essential oil works uh, with oregano. Fantastic. And Debbie, I want to point out something else that you're illustrating here. You know, you're sharing your expertise. You're using these metaphors, these analogies, because you've studied the essential oils and you're actually certified. You have a, you know, as I mentioned earlier, aromatherapist certification through Aroma Hut. You know what you're talking about. And what I want to guide people towards are people like yourself. I want the women, the mothers, the families, and the patients out there to work with someone who knows what they're doing. Because here's the thing, like I was saying earlier, you could take oregano and you could use it inappropriately. But if you use it right. at the right level, at the right time, yes. in the right sequence, it can have a profound effect for healing. But if you do, if you use it in the wrong way, then it's gonna, oh, you know, like people that put oregano up their nose when they don't necessarily, yeah, it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> Especially if they don't have any sinus issues going on. Absolutely. There needs to be education about how to use the essential oils correctly. Let's talk about that a little bit, actually, because you can diffuse the oils in the air, you can rub them on your feet. Kind of talk us through the different applications of aromatherapy and the essential oils. Oh, absolutely. So you're very correct on as far as being able to use an essential oil correctly. There are certain oils that are high in phenols um, that are what we would consider hot oils. Well, these particular oils do need to be certain, certain ones will need to be diluted. Uh, you have to be very careful because they can cause skin sensitization. So uh, a visual picture would be like rubbing uh, an emery board across um, your skin and right. then one, and then doing it again the next day. And then again, once eventually that skin is going to become very sensitive to that area. And it would, that's what we call skin sensitization so that um, it, you actually can break out from that um, and it can cause some issues. So you do need to know how to apply an essential oil to, oil to the body and um, the safest place is the bottom of the feet. Our feet will absorb that oil within 10 minutes, uh, seconds, I'm sorry. It will be in the body and within 20 minutes it will be in the entire body system via the blood 
uh, you know, being able to get into the blood. And I think I said before that the oils are 500 AMU small, meaning that's teeny, teeny, tiny. Um, and that is the reason why it penetrates our body and can pass that blood-brain barrier. So you wouldn't want to put a what we consider a hot oil on the skin without d- diluting it or at least having a, a, a layer of a carrier oil, which we talked about, um, carrier oils being the coconut oil or the, the jojoba oil, the almond oils, and that sort of thing. Um, the other way that a person can use that oil is to actually breathe it in because that will go to the olfactory where you will be able to breathe that in. It goes to the limbic system where our memory is stored. Um, if you, at you know Christmas time, some smells that you smell or at Thanksgiving times, maybe that would be pumpkin spice or a pumpkin pie. Well, that will, if a person smells that, it will bring back that memory. So we have that stored in our brains, but it does much more than that. We have emotions there and there are books. For instance, there's a chiropractor that wrote a book called um, um, releasing emotional uh, patterns that um, where she specifically goes in and talks about how uh, we are able to release our emotions through that limbic system and we can use essential oils for that purpose. So we can also use um, essential oils each internally. Again, you would need to, um, then that's that is where you really need to be careful because there are certain ways you can take certain essential oils through it with a, a clear capsule by putting certain you know a certain amount of drops in the capsule, um, and then maybe adding a, an an olive oil you know a carrier oil with that, and you can do do it that way, uh, taking it in maybe a rice milk or even honey. Uh, we also can ingest them that way. So. Again, you would want to know why are you going to be using that oil? How long are you going to be using it for? And it's better to, as you said, um, get a little bit of education in that. And that is the reason why I spent thousands of hours studying that. I decided to, I needed more information. That's why I became an aromatherapist. Um, and then I also, like I said, went through care to learn how to do body aromatherapy because they don't teach that as an aromatherapist. So I wanted the whole enchilada. <laughs> Fantastic, Debbie. Gosh, so many great things. I just kind of want to circle back a little bit and see if we can pick up and just kind of emphasize some of the points you were making there. Back to when you were talking about oregano, I can definitely just, again, speaking from personal experience and just kind of identifying with our listeners here, I actually had, you know, you were talking about using the oils on your feet. I had picked up a plantar wart years ago. And part of the protocol, this wart was actually to use oregano for its antiviral and antimicrobial properties actually right on the wart itself. And I can't, I, I can tell you that once I started doing that, I had so much faster success, you know, like they say 12 right. weeks or something like that for right. if you're really using a lot of salicylic acid or like that. Well, mm-hmm. those tend to kill all the other tissue around your skin as well. So I highly mm-hmm. recommend using these natural alternatives like oregano. So I'm glad you brought that up. Another thing you mentioned was just kind of the, the olfactory nerve. So again, as a chiropractor, I'm very specific about adjusting the spine, adjusting the spinal column for that central nervous system impact. And what I love about olfaction or cranial nerve one is that 
when you smell something, it goes directly, that nerve specifically, this is unique to the sense of olfaction. So there's other senses that we have like sight and sound and taste and touch, but smell specifically is the only sense that will go directly to your frontal cortex. And when you look at the neurology of it, all of our other senses actually synapse in the thalamus, or there is a connection in the thalamus before they go to our frontal cortex. So to your point as well, with memory, with the limbic system, that's why when you smell something, it's almost like the memory comes to the front of your mind before you even realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I've, I've gone down into basements before and it'll smell like my grandparents' basement for whatever reason. And then I'll, three seconds later, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like this reminds me of grandma's house, you know? Yeah. So that's the principle of what we're talking about here is that olfactory nerve, it goes directly to the frontal cortex and not to the thalamus first, which then ties into your next point. That's why it's so effective in terms of a depression model, in terms of an ADHD model. These essential oils, you talked about the blood-brain barrier, and we'll get to that in a minute here too, but that's why these essential oils can be so powerful and so impactful for anyone that has any kind of a neurocognitive or neurodegenerative condition or just has trouble concentrating or trouble falling asleep. All of these brain functions can be significantly influenced and impacted by the essential oils. And I just think that speaks volumes. This is a model that a lot of pharmaceutical companies with their drug manufacturings, they're trying to figure out what drugs actually pass the blood-brain barrier. Do all of the essential oils cross the blood-brain barrier or are there only specific ones? From what I've been studying, from mm -hmm. what I understand, they all penetrate the skin, but there are certain ones that um, are very specific to that, that, um, that are very high in certain chemicals, so are the chemical constituents. Um, for instance, um, frankincense right. is a, a very good one that will, will actually do that. Okay, yeah, that that's great. I just like that clarification there because that's actually what I understand it to be too. So I use the analogy of like a cheesecloth. A cheesecloth or like a fine mesh strainer is only going to let things of a certain size through it. So that's kind of the analogy I use for the blood-brain barrier. There is this barrier between our brain and the circulation system of our skull or of our head. And so things that are small enough to go through the blood-brain barrier, those are permeable, those can go through. Other things like GABA, for example, the neurotransmitter, GABA is not supposed to be able to go through your blood-brain barrier. And so that's why in a clinical model, if you're taking GABA and you feel neurocognitive effects, then that's an indication that you do have a leaky brain, as they say, to go along with the leaky gut discussions that are so popular. So, so Debbie, I know we talked about this in our pre-chat, but the reality is, you know, we live in such a toxic world. We have tons of chemical exposures in our everyday lives, in our work lives, at home. We use tons of cleaning chemicals. We're exposing our kids to this. And not not only that, but our food is so toxic as well with all of the pesticides and the herbicides that are just in our environment that are just, they've become part of our lives today. So my question for you is, is there a detoxification component of the essential oils? Oh, absolutely. Um, that is one of the uh, more gentle ways that a person can detox their body on a regular basis because um, just as we t talked about oregano, 
they actually will go in and cleanse the receptor sites. They go in and delete misinformation, and they help to set the set um, set up shop, kind of like the mom goes in and she cleans up and she makes sure everything is running very effectively. Es- uh, essential oils have various ones have those same chemical components that will go in and help that cell to detox and repair it. Fantastic. And I just love the language you use there, you know, just being more of a scientifically minded person myself, the receptor sites, that makes perfect sense. But then to use your analogy, coming in and cleaning things out, that works very well too. So I think that makes it easier for our listeners to connect with how these things work on a mechanistic level. So thank you for that. What is your favorite way to actually use the oils? Um, well, of course, I do body aromatherapy, so I do that practically every day. So I'm working on the feet, I'm working on the, you know, the spine area. I'm talking about the brain. I do Vitaflex also on the head, um, and just you know various body parts. And so that that's my favorite way is to use body aromatherapy. Um, just um, you know, I do diffuse. You know, there's a diffuser that a person can put an oil in if they don't want to. If they're not very comfortable with that, they can just diffuse the oil and, as you said, breathe that in. It will still get into the bloodstream, but it won't be as um, quickly. And sometimes oils are better used specifically on that body part. But my favorite way actually is to use body aromatherapy. Fantastic. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I would say, do you have your favorite essential oils that you use on a regular basis? Or is there anything that people can use for anxiety or stress or fatigue? Actually, um, any th- the, the citrus oils are excellent for helping to promote those happy feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you want to wake up your brain, um, those are some oils, essential oils, that will actually wake you up, uh, perk you up, make you feel good, and make you feel happy. And that's pretty much picking uh, picking a, a, a citrus oil. So that will help. Now there's, as we know, essential oils do so many different things. Um, so I can take one oil and then talk about that for hours. Right. But um, there are oils that help specifically children to help them focus. Um, if they're doing homework or if they're having you know trouble just sitting down, there are certain oils that people. Um, there's been a study done on vetiver that helps them to calm and to focus. Um, a, a rosemary is another oil that helps the memory. Peppermint is not one that you would. Um, that you can actually just kind of sniff that will actually wake up the brain also. So those are some things that you can do to, as you're, excuse me, studying and learning about essential oils, you will find that um, some one oil may work better than another oil. So lavender may help a person to sleep. Uh, it may wake up another person. So you, it's, a, it's a kind of a trial and error that you kind of, you know, that, okay, I'm going to try a, a citrus oil to wake myself up. If that particular citrus oil didn't work, then try the next one. So you might want tangerine or you might want lemon or orange. Those those try a different citrus oil to see which one will work for you that wakes you up the best. Yeah, and I appreciate that too. I've actually used peppermint before just driving on the road rather than using coffee mm-hmm. and drinking five-hour energies and all these things. Peppermint can be a great thing to use just for staying awake on the road. So thank you for mentioning that. So again, Debbie, you know, the purpose purpose of the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast is to really be an audio library resource for women, mothers, and families who want to learn more about elevating their family wellness and increasing their resilience.
resiliency, you know, or that strength to adapt to the stress and challenges in their life. Now, I know we're talking about essential oils today. So obviously, you know, obtaining those good quality essential oils would be a great first step. But in terms of other resources, like is there anywhere else that these people can learn more about how to use the oils, different protocols, different applications? Is there anywhere that you would direct them? Well, I, there is a free source if a person doesn't want to, you know, if they're not, you know, don't want to purchase a book. There's lots of excellent books. But if they don't want to purchase a book, if they want to go online, a very good source that I like to look at is organicfacts.net. It's just a third party. They don't sell oils. Um, and you can... Uh, go there, type in the essential oil, for instance, peppermint essential oil, and they will kind of give you the property of that oil. It will tell you how um, different various medical uses that they can use that particular oil for, for, but they will not tell you actually how to apply it to the body. So that's one place. Uh, another place that I like going to is oil dash testimonials.com where these are actual real people so it's a free basic search so you just register for that and um, type in that condition that you're looking for and if there's a database on that it will pop up and it will tell what a real person used and how they used that oil on their body and the result that they got so that's a couple of uh, places okay fantastic so thank you for that and i just wanted to go back and actually ask the pointed question i know we've talked about quality of oils and that sort of thing and i don't want this to turn into a yeah branding you know and that's not my world in my opinion like you said i just want people to use use good clean oils. So whether that's Young Living or doTERRA or whatever other company that's out there that's doing a good job, that's what I want people to do. I don't want them to go to their health food store and buy dirty oils off the shelf. Right. So how do you ask that? You know, it's like... (laughs) Right. Um, Well, but... Well, I, you know, you do a lot of research on the, the, the oils. And when you start researching on the internet, here's the thing, just as I told you before, you know, there's a category of what you call, what I call the donkey oils, and then there's the zebra oils. So a majority of the companies out there, they are just producing is how the oil is produced. The, um, all the oils are going to say, every one of them, grocery store oils or what have you, they're going to say 100% pure. That's not what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. They will all say 100% pure. It's just a label. What you're looking for is how is that oil produced? That is what matters. Right. So if the if the oil is produced at a very high temperature, uh, which destroys the property of the oil very quickly, then it's not going to be the kind of oil you're going to want to use for your family. Mm-hmm. But what you're looking for is the person, the the company that produces the oil correctly. So now you've got to do even deeper research. You've got to start saying, okay, how is that oil produced? How did that company produce that oil? Where are they getting that oil from? So if... If a company actually produces their own oil, they've planted their seed, they've grown that plant material. Let's say it's a mom-and-pop type uh, farmer. They planted their seed, they babied it, they nurtured it, they they harvested that plant material, they distilled that plant material at the correct temperature, which takes... And we'll take lavender, for instance. This is a very good point. You take lavender, and you, there is a world leader in um, what 
fragrant oils. And what they do is they will take lavender and it takes them 15 minutes to process that lavender oil at a very high temperature. They eke out 100% of the oil and now you've got a cheap oil, but it smells wonderful. It's a fragrant oil. Then you have the, the, the next company, the one that you would want to use for the body. Well, it takes them on the lavender to distill that oil at least an hour and a half at a very low temperature, and they only get out about 70% of that oil. The other 30%, they're not able to extract that out of that distillation process. So what is that going to do? That makes that body oil very expensive because it took way longer to do it, and they didn't get all the oil out of it. But what you have is an oil that is non-toxic to the body, that is very healing to the body. The other oil, the 15-minute oil, is not going to heal the oil. As a matter of fact, that oil, that the 15-minute the, the oil, um, is very high in camphor. So if you're going to use that oil because you've burned your skin and you're wanting to use that to heal the skin, you would want to use the body oil. But the one that's the 15-minute oil is going to burn your skin worse. Right. It's going to make your condition a lot worse. Why? Because of the way it was processed. So what you're looking at when you're looking at an oil is how is that oil processed? So now your research will take you a little bit deeper and you're going to say what company produces those therapeutic oils. I like the way you emphasize the process, the technique, the manufacturing you know, mechanisms there. I find that that's a much better way to approach it rather mm-hmm. than saying my dad's better than your dad or something like that. So yes. Debbie, thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Um, my website is Holistic Touch. Now, it's not spelled the way holistic is spelled, H-O-L. My uh, website is H-O-I-L. Oil is in the middle because that's what I'm about. So it's holistictouch.com. Well, thanks again, Debbie. And if you're listening to this podcast and this message is resonating with you as it relates to aromatherapy, essential oils, and alternative healing, I want to highly encourage you to head on over to michiganfamilywellness.com where we'll have a dedicated webpage with all the show notes that we've mentioned here today. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Dr. Kyle. That was amazing. You did a beautiful job of explaining the science behind and um, just giving a very good, clear visual picture. I'm going to enjoy re-listening to this. Fantastic. And thanks again for just sharing your story and your expertise. All right, families, what'd you think? We'd love to get your feedback. If you would like to email me about anything you've heard on this or any previous edition of the Family Wellness Lifestyle Podcast, you may do so by writing Dr. Kyle at michiganfamilywellness.com and take full advantage of the Family Lifestyle Audio Library at michiganfamilywellness.com. Connect with us on social media at Michigan Family Wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in, families. Have an awesome week and And remember, we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. Now that you've been equipped with the latest in family wellness solutions, we want to encourage you to apply these strategies right away. But the thing is, there's still so much to learn. Connect with Dr. Walner's chiropractic and nutrition office by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and click the newsletter sign-up button to join the informative and supportive community of chiropractic wellness. You will also receive as a gift from Dr. Walner a copy of Michigan Family Wellness Solutions, an invaluable resource containing dynamic tools to elevate family health and vitality. Michigan Family Wellness wants to thank you for being part of today's podcast. 
Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review.